Well, there's little question that inflation is happening in a big way, an unprecedented way, and the Federal Reserve is taking action. This week, the Fed announced it would hike interest rates. What will that mean for agricultural exports? What will that mean for the flow of money in the U.S. economy? We'll talk about that all in this edition of Feedstuffs in Focus, our podcast taking a deeper look at the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries. I'm your host, Andy Vance. Thanks for joining us. It's been an interesting time for policymakers trying to combat the specter of inflation. The Federal Reserve announced it had increased federal interest rates by a quarter of a percent this week. Not unexpected, of course, the glide path to keeping inflation in check, something the Fed has been talking about now over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic and coming out the other side. At the Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin Business Conference this week, Mike North of EverAg said the increase was unavoidable. Yeah, there's no question. We have an inflation issue that needs to be addressed. We've now put together two successive months of record high year-over-year inflation that wasn't paralleled since the 1980s when obviously runaway inflation and consequently much higher interest rates were the standard. And as we look at uh, the broader economy, I think the other thing we have to realize too is that we need to see some things kind of brought back into balance. So when will farmers and consumers see the impact? Well, North said that's already in play. The market got way out in front of this. And if you go back and you take a look at where rates are on the forward curve, the private market has already traded out in front of this move and has been there for the last six months. We've been trading against a 3 to 5% inflation rate. We've been ultimately preparing for a hike, and private markets have already moved rates back to pre-COVID levels. But the bigger question is, how will producers get in front of price inflation? The interest rate is one part of it, but I really do believe that we have to rebalance the supply chain to really stop that, because part of why we're dealing with these prices isn't just about inflation. It's about the compromised state of the flow in our economy. We've got to get the flow of products through our system to be fluid again. The start and stop of product right now, the slowdown at ports, the lack of available trucks and drivers and lack of capacity at processing plants and manufacturing plants, that kind of stuff is having an impact on those prices too. Now North expects the current environment to continue. For the short term, yes. In market like this where there is a lot of question around the future availability of product? Absolutely. Because as we talk about Ukraine, it is possible that 25 to 30 percent of their ground will not get planted. They're a big supplier to the world market. And as long as we have risk in that particular market the way we do, and we do, bottom line is, is that premium on the front end of this market is going to remain. That's Mike North from Ever Ag presenting this week at the Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin Business Conference. Now, with this context of inflation and rising interest rates in mind, you might start thinking about what does this mean for the overall agricultural economy and the outlook for 2022 and beyond. Well, the economic outlook for 2022 remains solid. Courtney Cowley is a senior economist with the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. She says while things look good on the surface, there 
are some issues to watch for this year. Very strong conditions overall, but on the other hand, a sharp increase in production costs are weighing on expectations for 2022. And so on the surface, everything looks really good, very strong. There could be, you know, little drips in the agricultural economy in the form of input costs that could start adding pressure moving forward. And so ag credit conditions, like I said, are strong and have been supported by high commodity prices and strong demand for U.S. ag products, both domestically and internationally. And as you might expect, rural bankers are none too... you know, optimistic about some of the risks this year. Concern, the watchword. Ag lenders do continue to express concerns related to higher input costs, weak loan demand, and severe drought in some portions of the country. So adding just a little bit of that pressure to what has really been one of the strongest periods for the ag sector in some time. Callie calls the current agricultural outlook for 2022 something of a paradox. It's very interesting to see this juxtaposition or paradox of really strong conditions, but also concerns about inflation, higher input costs. So farm balance sheets are strong. There's a willingness to spend farm working capital, but higher input costs are an issue, lack of things to buy. And so that's been a constraint. Drought still seems to be a significant issue in a lot of parts of the country, both the North and Western United States. That's Courtney Cowley with the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City. Now, we've talked about interest rates and the current economic outlook for agriculture. One black swan in that outlook is the war in Ukraine. Russia's unprovoked attack on the country of Ukraine diverted the House Agriculture Committee's attention for a few poignant moments on Wednesday this week, away from climate change and onto the urgent farm impacts of the war. The hearing was billed as a 2022 review of the Farm Bill and its role in USDA programs addressing climate change. But the day started with an emotionally rousing speech by Ukrainian President Zelensky to lawmakers via video link, and that carried over to the Ag Committee hearing. Here's Georgia's Congressman Austin Scott. Ukrainian farmers put 50 million metric tons of corn and wheat into the global food supply. Trade in the Black Sea is closed. Russia and uh, Belarus... They're the number two and the number three producer of potash in the world. If our crops inside the United States do not have access to fertilizer, then the yields inside the United States and other major food producers will go down. Now, Scott asked House Ag Committee Chair David Scott to hold a hearing on the issue and the potential for widespread hunger and unrest if the void isn't filled. I will be asking you and others of my colleagues to join me in sending a letter to Secretary Vilsack to bring some additional tools to help address this humanitarian crisis that is now taking place as a result of this terrible, awful Russian invasion. Chairman Scott vowed that the House Ag Committee would be out in front and doing all it can to prevent a global hunger crisis. But American Farm Bureau Federation's Dave Salmonson said there's already a toll being paid. An awful lot of tonnage that's still sitting in uh, in ports in Ukraine of uh, wheat and corn, uh, sunflower oil that has yet to be shipped. So that's certainly putting upward pressure on prices. And countries around the world are looking for alternative supplies. You can see that... um, China's buying a lot of soybeans for now and I think contracting for next year from the U.S. And the bigger question becomes whether or not the U.S. and others can fill the void. A question Salmonson says can only be answered by how long the war in Ukraine persists, 
how high input costs will rise, and, of course, that great X factor we all know, the weather. Another question in all of this is what the rising interest rates and, of course, rising prices for just about everything will do for export markets. Uh, in 2021, U.S. red meat exports accounted for $2.94 billion worth of corn consumption, or about 536 billion bushels. According to analysis by the Juday Group and the U.S. Meat Export Federation, preliminary estimates of 2021 on the soy side, pork exports accounted for nearly 100 million bushels of consumption worth $1.3 billion. U.S. MEF Chairman-elect Dean Meyer of Rock Rapids, Iowa, and other U.S. MEF leadership were on hand at Commodity Classic in New Orleans last week to tell the story of record 2021 red meat exports and the resulting impact on corn and soybeans. The impact that, that red meat exports does on the corn market, uh, I think the 2021 statistics show approximately 66 cents is attributed to uh, red meat exports per bushel of corn and uh, soybeans, uh, the 21 statistics are uh, about $1.65 is what is attributed to uh, red meat exports. So it's significant. A lot of times the difference between um, not making money and being profitable. And so it's, it's an important aspect of the, both organizations. When I'm doing my daily job, working with livestock and uh, raising corn, I can realize each time I market cattle that $404 are gonna come back to me because of red meat exports, that's significant. And uh, just knowing that I'm working with uh, the packers, I'm working with the processors, purveyors, soybeans, corn, pork and beef, we're sitting around the same table making those decisions together move our products forward. And that was U.S. Meat Export Federation Chairman-elect Dean Meyer, who raises corn, cattle, and soybeans in northwest Iowa. Now that's going to do it for this edition of Feedstuffs in Focus. And I invite you, it's been a big week at Feedstuffs 365, our video live stream channel. You can visit at feedstuffs365.com. Some really fantastic content this week. One segment in particular dealt with the war in Ukraine and some of the attendant issues there. Really, a really powerful interview there our Sarah Muirhead conducted earlier this week. If you missed it, go to feedstuffs365.com and check that out. And, of course, you can follow all of our content online at Feedstuffs.com. And I would encourage you to subscribe to the Feedstuffs Daily e-newsletter if you're not already doing so. I'm Andy Vance, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs in Focus. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and animal feed industries, just subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast, including Apple and Google Podcasts, or visit that website, feedstuffs.com, for future episodes. Until next week, have a great day, and thanks for listening.